What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode one of The Sigma Show. Uh, this is a new podcast. It's going to be live streamed. We're going to have the audience join us uh, in the conversations and whatnot. Um, so if you're familiar with the BBET Gamescast, it's going to be somewhat like that, but in other ways, somewhat different. So I hope you guys enjoy. If our sound is off, definitely let us know, because just like any other live stream, we're going to probably have some technical difficulties. So forgive uh, all of that stuff. But before we get into who's here with me, uh, let's actually run down a list of what we're actually going to be talking about today. So first up, uh, we're going to be touching on uh, the new Microsoft reports of them finding a loophole into bringing their streaming services to Apple devices. Uh, Amazon launching their new cloud gaming service, Luna. Um, the new rumors around the Spider-Man movie. Uh, the Invincible trailer for the, the new animated adult uh, series coming and Sony's recent teardown video where they kind of gut the PS5 and kind of show us the ins and outs and inner workings of that. So joining me today is Blue Bones. What's up? What's going on, y'all? What's up, Sigma? <laughs> Thanks for having me on the the pilot episode. Yeah, no problem. Sigma show. Always happy to have you here. Uh, let's uh, let's jump right into it then. Um, first up <clears throat> uh, is this Microsoft story. So yeah. we in the past. We've talked about how Apple hasn't really been too friendly for these other services that are trying to do streaming games on their platform, right? Right, yeah. No, they're trying to keep their stuff on top, to to, to be frank. <laughs> um, and they don't want to take it over by these um, these game streaming apps. Right. The, 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 the In one way apps. or another, they're just being <laughs> difficult, right? Mm-hmm. So Microsoft has apparently come up with a backdoor solution where... They're literally just going to go through the browser. So you're, you'll bra- you'll go to some website, and all the functionality for the game streaming services is going to be there. The same service is coming to uh, the Xbox itself. So like there'll be a game streaming app that you can access via your console as well as your web browser. So you can do this from your computer at the same time, which I think is probably the best course of action. So I'll tell you what scares me about all this. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in in Atlanta, Georgia, and when a hurricane comes through or a storm comes through and knocks out my internet, am I still going to be able to play some of my games? I think that's kind of the problem already. Um, Right now, does Game Pass, I think it still needs to connect to the internet to activate, right? Well, Uh, to to download stuff, for sure. But then I guess it still depends on the game, whether it has a constant online connection or not. Exactly, yeah. So that's, that's my scariest thing about this whole service having to be connected to the internet because um we do have outages and um but other than that i think they found a pretty decent loophole uh for apple's obstructions that they've been sending up and especially you know i think one of the biggest things that they were trying to dodge was the um 30 profit splitting that was yes that apple's really holding on to yeah so um hopefully i don't know hopefully it works out uh for the majority of the the consumers like xbox normally uh uh preaches you know they, they look i mean yeah they're, for... they're really riding that uh super <laughs> consumer friendly train right now um, and i i really doubt that they're going to do anything to screw that up at this point because like what apple was proposing would be very bad in terms of functionality like you literally have to search out every single individual game that's supposed to be on this big cloud service and the only yeah. thing 
uh, Microsoft gets out of it is less money because Apple takes a cut of any in-game purchases. So like, it's stupid. It, they'd be yeah. really stupid to even go that way. Uh, Jeff throws out the suggestion they want to buy Apple Arcade. Who does Microsoft? I Who wants to buy Apple Arcade? Yeah, I don't know how that would. <laughs> I don't know how that would work. Uh, as much money as Microsoft has, I don't know if they could out. They could buy something out from under Apple because they're also kind of huge in terms of like cash. Yeah, I don't know if they would have the leverage to even make that deal sound reasonable. Yeah, and, and I, I, I don't think, think anybody of... would like let those two companies merge either. Like, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> but uh, DJ also adds, uh, but Apple is so user-unfriendly for streaming. That is true. I, honestly, I feel like Apple is user-unfriendly, period. I, I disagree. Um, <laughs> I've had both Androids and Apples for years, and um, not saying that my my current iPhone is better than the Androids that I've had before, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's user unfriendly. I think it does everything that I need it to do. Um, it works well in in you know my circles and the the industry that I'm in. So I don't think it's user unfriendly. I actually think quite the opposite. I recommend iPhones and a lot of the Apple software to my older um, family members because it's easier to grasp onto than some of the um, the other systems okay i get i get what you're saying and and i misunderstood what jeff was getting at he says no apple wants you to use apple arcade and dj's also saying the same thing apple wants us the user to buy into apple arcade so that does make more sense Mm -hmm. um and honestly i don't think them making it more difficult to play other games is gonna force people who wanted those experiences to just play apple arcade instead i feel like Yeah, yeah if if they want that then they're gonna go do that and they, they'll leave Apple alone because Apple's making it difficult. Like, they could do it on Apple's platform, but Apple says no, so they'll just, they'll just go elsewhere. Because that's what I would do. But yeah, then again, I'm not an Apple fan, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not going to defend their business model or ethics or whatever, but I'm just talking about technology itself. I think, like, what T1 is saying in the chat as well, it's hella user-friendly. Um, that is their whole shtick. All right, fair enough. But yeah. I mean, yeah, the in terms of gaming, Apple has always struggled. Like they they've yes, always been kind 100%. of behind in terms of games, like on the yeah. Mac devices and now with this kind of a late start, Apple Arcade did seem promising in terms of like smaller indie experiences, but it's like they have the fear of God in them when anything else shows up to do gaming. So like they really just yeah. try to screw them over or steal money from them if they can't. And so everyone is kind of rebelling right now. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of uh, cloud stuff, we'll move on to the next topic. Um, Amazon, who I personally thought would probably be the first to get into the, the streaming stuff, have mm-hmm. finally launched their cloud gaming service. It's called Luna. Yeah. Uh, it's a $6 a month subscription service. Um, you'll be able to get it on your Fire TVs, your tablets. Uh, I think your browser as well. There's going to be Twitch integration because, you know, they own yeah. that platform as well. That's also under Amazon's umbrella. Um, so what what is what's your takeaway from Amazon jumping into this fray? Because this seems to be the new big battleground streaming. Yeah, no, most definitely. Um, first of all, Luna, I love the name personally. I, I, think I yeah, I do dope. think that's a pretty cool name. I, I felt the same way about Stadia, name. to be honest. I was like, you know what? I don't know what that means, that. but that fits for like a service like this. These names, to me, I, I'm not trying to go too far off topic, but they're really relaxing. It makes me feel like okay, I'm gonna sit down and play my luna you know what i mean not like get on the xbox you know like, i don't know that's <laughs> the xbox sounds really aggressive 
<laughs> yeah, you know, like that's when you go wreck with your boys. You're not gonna wreck on a Luna or a Stadia, no. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's get back to this. Um, I think this is a, a, a dope move. Um, I think the price tag is pretty nice, five ninety nine per month. Um, with a, it's fifty dollars for their original controller. Is that what that is? Uh, I um, think so. Yeah, like their their own branded controller, which looks a lot the like controller. the this the Wii U Pro controller. It's just a little yeah. bit more purple hued. Which is dope. Which is fine. Which is yeah, this is this is good design. This design basically <laughs> works off of the the 360 slash Xbox yeah. controller, which also like every, everything looks like this now. Honestly, the PS5 controller now looks like this. They just have the sticks in a line, and Stadia sticks are in a line, and but it still looks like the 360 controller. Like it's it's all the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so my my biggest thing, and I think this is what most people are going to be concerned about, is the games list. What can we play on this? As a new Twitch streamer, and I'm I'm getting to like Twitch more and more every time I I look into it. Um, that integration is going to be a highlight for me, depending on exactly what that means and what it is. Um, but I think that's going to be uh that's going to be a tool that I think a lot of people are going to want to pick up. Like I said, but the gaming list is going to be the bread and butter right here. What do we have available? Well, we and, do know. Uh, did you uh, want to talk? Yeah, yeah, I can I could speak to that a tiny bit because in the article that mm-hmm. we read, um, they did say yeah. that Ubisoft is going to have its own channel. So yeah, I, I don't yet know what that means. Like you, you pay for this Luna service and just whatever's in that Ubisoft channel is available. Like you can just stream everything that they put in there. And what does that include? Does that include all their new releases? Is it just you know a curated list of old releases and whatnot? Because Amazon has, if I can look it up right now, Amazon gave like a tiny list of a couple of yeah, games outside did. of it. Uh, it says it's Control, Control, Resident Evil Resident... Seven, Grid, mm-hmm. Ukulele and the Impossible Lair, and Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla apparently is going to be on there, but no yeah. timeline was given for I guess when it's going to show up. It's funny. Um... That you mentioned that Ubisoft's just going to have the channel, right? I was uh, on Amazon Video or Prime Video last night, and I was trying to watch something, and it said, "Oh yeah, we got this as long as you have a subscription with this service, mm-hmm. right?" And a lot of streaming services are doing that, and I'm afraid that the Luna might be doing something like that. Like, oh yeah, okay. you guys can play all these games as long as you've paid for it somewhere else. So like a cable package where you you have to sign up for the Ubisoft channel, then you get everything on Ubisoft's yep. service, and what they assuming what happened is each publisher would have to put their own channel on the service. And then you just sign up yep. on a cart. Like, Oh, well I like Ubisoft games. So let me get that. I like EA games. Yep. Let me get that. Yeah. That, does, that doesn't work for me. Happen. Yeah. That doesn't work for me. I wouldn't be happy if that's the way that's the route they go. That's it's it's too much. It's too much nickel and diming. Yeah. Uh, the thing is Amazon, like I really thought they were going to be the ones to get into the streaming stuff or just games in general first. And we've seen them struggle, like yeah. uh, that game uh, Crucible that they released I think it, it's and like then unreleased. Done, done, yeah, yeah, they just completely canceled it now. Yeah. Uh, the New World MMO done, done. Uh, they released on a beta. I think that had a slightly better reception, but it still doesn't really seem to be, you know, causing a, a huge splash. So Amazon is kind of stumbling right now when they actually yeah. have the monetary resources to just do this the way it should be done. Like what Google messed up in doing was not giving you like a big giant library of games to play like Game Pass. You need Game Pass and the freedom to stream the service everywhere to really make this appealing over just, you know, regular console gaming. 
And weirdly enough, <laughs> Microsoft is the only one who seems to get that. Like Google messed it up. Amazon is starting down this path, and it seems like they're not going to do the exact same thing either. Because that would that would need to be the very first thing they said is, "Hey, check out this huge library of games that you can play on our streaming service." And that's not what they that, said. I don't know why people why these these platforms aren't leading with these game lists because that's what the honestly that's what everyone's looking for. What can I play on this? And then we're going to look at the specs, and then we're going to look at the convenience. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, if I have a cool console and nothing to play on it, what's the point? Yeah, pretty much. What's the point? <laughs> you know, they're trying to sell you on, you don't need a console. That's old news. That's yesterday's news. You can stream in 4K. You can get all the latest stuff. There's no latency, blah, 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 blah. But if I'm playing Brothers of Tale of Two Sons, no, I mean, no real shade against that game. That's probably one of my favorite game experiences. <laughs> but it's a very short indie game once you're done with that like what else is there what you gonna do like they they really need to step it up in terms of game library and the elephant in the room is xbox game pass like no one is matching what they have right now and they're making it difficult to do so the more time it takes for people to copy they bought bethesda just keep the other day yeah like that's all first party stuff that's not gonna go anywhere else i doubt they're gonna let Amazon lets you stream any of those Bethesda games, even if it does show up on other consoles. I doubt it's going to show up on another streaming service. Like, that's a bridge too far. Microsoft said themselves that they're looking at Google and Amazon as the real competition. So... Yeah, it's 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 gonna be wild, man. Um, I feel like Xbox is in a great position um, with this Game Pass, and, you know, we're, we're getting... Oh, what? November 10th, we're getting EA Play? Yep. Like, that's a huge acquisition. That's a lot of different games that straight to your console for that monthly fee. If any one of these other game streaming services can have the similar similar acquisitions on a regular basis, now we're talking. Now we got a game. Yeah, now you got a competition. Right. Now so, we got a competition. But right now... Yeah, they're, they're not doing enough. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I know uh, NVIDIA Shield, I think... There's like, I can't remember what the name of the, their service is, but they also have a streaming okay. service where you literally, whatever's on your Steam library is what you can stream out to other stuff. But the caveat is, yeah, like that's that's probably the only thing that <laughs> rivals what Game Pass is doing. Because if you have a big Steam library, you can just play all your own game, any all your own games anywhere, right? Yeah, but their yeah. thing is uh, you have to pay for like, I think like a $20 uh a month subscription where a month i think so don't quote me on that okay but the thing is <laughs> there is a free version where you wait in a queue like you have to wait a certain amount of time to get access to the service and then you can only play for a certain amount of time before they kick you back out and you got to go back in the queue so that's super disruptive to the way i play games and like i just wouldn't want to do that you know this so, is not recess <laughs> right so it's like <laughs> everyone else who's trying to get into this field like they have all these stumbling blocks that really shows you kind of how how much it takes to try to do this right like it really is a, a very big undertaking so it really boggles my mind every time when companies like google and amazon who have the resources to do this stuff and they have the roadmap that microsoft has laid out to do it right just don't it's like they don't they're, they're not taking it as seriously microsoft has teeth in the game they know the commitment that's necessary to get gamers on board with the service like because they've they've mm-hmm. taken their licks over the years these new guys yeah. i guess they don't get it <laughs> so 
it's gonna be rough yeah it, it's, it's 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 a little disappointing um you know in in a sense i was kind of rooting for amazon to really stick it to xbox when they um stepped on the scene and i've not seen it yet mm-hmm. not seen it yet but um hopefully they put up a better show in the next coming months here because game pass is about to take the f off <laughs> <laughs> agreed um all right <laughs> So we'll, Jeff said uh, Sigma quoted. <laughs> but we'll go ahead and move on to our next topic here of uh, the new Spider-Man movie. Uh, we've been hearing rumors for weeks now that that different people from other Spider-Man properties, like the the Sony rebooted Spider-Man, uh, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch from Doctor Strange, that they're all going to be making appearances here. There were hints to it, I think, in the last Spider-Man movie, right, where they showed... Um, I, they showed like a poster about something that happened in like a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. I, I forget the reference. Someone in the chat probably knows better than I do. Like at the end of yeah. Far, Far From Home, there's some kind of reference to something that wasn't in the Marvel Spider-Man stuff. But now um, we're getting confirmation mm-hmm. that Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be in that movie and that Jamie Foxx is going to be reprising his role as Electro from the Amazing Spider-Man series. So everything just screams multiverse and spider-verse like the chat's saying right now what, what is your take on this yeah. i know i know you're not yeah a as i'm and i'm not a distinguished writer yet but i'm a i'm a film student and as a writer i hate multiverses i hate time travel you guys have heard me say this all the time mm-hmm. um i feel like it's a cheap it's a cheap um device used to uh kind of jump in the shark you know what i mean uh that's how i feel with this now, one, I hate articles like this. I've said this before on the BBT Games cast because these are spoilers. I'd rather just go in there and be like, oh, yeah. snaps, he's there. You know what I mean? Like, that would be mind-blowing. But now I'm going in there like, okay, when am I going to see Doctor Strange? Ooh, when am I going to see Electra? Like, it's, it's it's spoilers. But, um... No, I get that, yeah. Because yeah. that, would, that would be totally mind-blowing if Jamie Foxx just showed up in the exactly, Marvel movie. Yeah, right? like, that That would be... Folks would lose their mind I, in the theater. Exactly. That's why I hate news like this because it just ruins that. But I understand that, in in whatever degree, this is what they have to do to get people hyped for these movies. So, um, Benedict Cumberbatch, I thought he was actually I liked Doctor Strange a lot more than I initially thought I would. When I started watching the movie, um, I was actually on a plane because I had no interest in it before. I was on a plane and I'm like, man, look at this douchebag. How do people watch this whole movie? And then he got put in his place, and I was like, yo, this ain't not this not too bad, you know? And mm-hmm. it was like a whole mind visually so i actually like dr strange um jamie fox's electro i think it's an unpopular opinion but i actually liked his electro too like i thought it was super dope i like jamie what fox but I, I i didn't actually see him in that movie like i've seen bits and pieces oh, of the second amazing spider-man but i thought the first one was so bad that i didn't care to watch the second <laughs> one <laughs> like I, yeah, i'm not I a fan of the amazing spider-man series i feel that um yeah but well, yeah, I was a fan of um, Jamie Foxx's Electro, and I know a lot of people didn't like it. They thought it was weird. It was different, and that's possibly why I liked it more. <laughs> but, um, yeah, seeing him with – or seeing these two actors with – I'm assuming it's going to be Tom Holland going forward, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's going to be great. I think all three of them are um, amazing performers. I think they can pull a good story together. I'm Hopefully they can, for me at least, salvage this – cluster f of 
where is this story going? Um, maybe they can kind of, you know, narrow it back down or say exactly what they need to do in this whole multiverse traveling, whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm interested. I, I don't like the story, uh, the story device, but I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. I mean, I think I, I do agree what you're saying when you say that it, it can be used to try as a plot device to basically kind of correct and change things that maybe didn't go so well or didn't sell well to the public or whatnot. But in that vein, it can correct mistakes, like literal mistakes, like casting Jamie Foxx in an off-brand, well, not off-brand, but just in an off-kind of side <laughs> spider-man world where like you're saying uh, like chat saying like you know his electro wasn't that bad jamie fox is a great actor like he deserves to be in the marvel universe and he's kind of disqualified from it because of this this can give you a reason to bring him back as long as they do it right you know like don't don't lean so heavily onto this mixing of realities thing where where like that's the main focus but like use it as like a background plot device to say like, okay yes there are multiple universes where we know that in some alternate timeline, this guy was, you know, Electro there, this guy Spider-Man there. But in this world, this same guy, now Jamie Foxx, was an Electro. Or it's a different kind of Electro, a better Electro than what he was in the other one. Like, it just makes it make sense in that loose sci-fi way. Because, like, because honestly, yes, my well, head would explode. To, uh -huh. That's if it happens that way. What if we find out that he's traveling? From multiverse to multiverse. Well, then, yeah, then then you're probably getting a little too in the weeds, and like you're you're making it like the plot is like multiverse, multiverse, multiverse is basically all you're watching in a movie rather than and the actual story. And yeah, it can get it can definitely. get complicated and convoluted. Yeah. So just it's... as his design and story was horrible in the second one, I liked the design, um, and I did like his kind of background. Um, like the, the the push that made him electro. Mm -hmm. I I didn't I wasn't um mad at it. You wasn't as put much off by that. Most people were. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, whatever 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 went wrong with it, I guess, like the writing or you know the cinematography, the action, whatever was the problem. You know, the Marvel movies, especially the Spider-Man movies, have not really missed a beat. So like you know, giving these guys the chance to be on kind of like the winning side like the the better version of this universe i don't think that's bad and like this and this multiverse stuff can also do the same thing for like you know the netflix characters like let's bring back charlie cox's daredevil let's bring in um oh, punisher like because those were like those were like great iterations of those characters and they deserve to be with the rest of these big name heroes right i hear what you're saying it feels more like superhero politics now like we're not even <laughs> no, worried you're, about no, you're the right. story we're worried about who's where you're right. Who's hanging out with who and how good did they look? That We're just looking for that grand screenshot where all the heroes look exactly as we imagine them. And I feel like that's more taking precedence over this story now. It's like, oh, we got to bring this person in. How are we going to make a story out of that? Yeah, how are we going to make it make sense to get you know what I mean? this actor like, whose contract is over? Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. It's annoying when and that stuff like, interferes with the actual story. I get it. Because that's all we're talking about. That 90% of the time, that's what we're talking about. You know what I mean? Okay, how are they going to milk this person makes sense in this so we can have this grand contract and put all these this this big poster together and make everyone you know no i feel you. that guap. it's a it's a genuine concern 
Because mm-hmm. like, that stuff can force, you know, writers and directors to do certain things that maybe they didn't necessarily want to do. And then it waters down the plot and the movie and the experience overall just just to get a few bigger names, you know, on the title card and stuff. Yeah. So it's a definite concern. But I'm, I'm still excited. Like, like the Spider-Verse movie, the Sony one, uh, starring Miles Morales or whatnot. Yeah. Like, they they messed around with a multiverse. But they, you know, they used it to tell their story. Like, because there's so much yeah. other outside factors, I feel like, yes, we're getting bogged down in, you know, the reality of it. But I think there's still a chance for them to tell a good story. Because, like, honestly, the Spider-Man multiverse stories were always good. Like, back on the, the old Fox cartoon, like, that, the series, mm-hmm. I think, ended on, like, a big multiverse situation where you saw, like, a bunch of different versions of Spider-Man. It was, like, the rich Spider-Man who had, like, an Iron Man suit. There was the Spider-Man who was, like, <laughs> part spider. Like, he had, like... The, the thing sticking out of his suit, whatever. Like, I oh thought that God. was cool. Like, Spider-Man tells that kind of story very well. So I'm still excited about what this could be. Okay, yeah, no. And and just like you said, the Miles Morales one, it was good, right? There's there's always exceptions to the rules, in my opinion. Um, and I thought that they kind of... They didn't expand too much into everybody's individual multiverse mm-hmm. and saying, oh, well, this world is exactly like this. And this is, you know, they they touched on it. They said, this is where I came from. This is where I'm at. This is where I came from. This is where I'm at. This is where I came from. This is where I'm at. And then they move forward through that. Everything was based on this one verse that they're on. So hopefully they do something similar to that in this um, upcoming, uh, you know, this third movie. Um, but... I, I'm I'm just very weary, especially after Endgame with the time travel and all the stuff they was doing at the end. I was just like, yeah. I mean, I liked Endgame. Right, I have no problems with it, but yeah, their their time travel stuff was really throwaway, and they wanted it to be like they really didn't want you to focus on it that much. But I'm yeah, like I felt like it's the end of the movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, we're gonna do this big finale, and they kind of like you know reset stuff. But don't worry about that. Yeah, just, like don't don't pay too much attention to that. Just watch the action. That's because it's cool. <laughs> And it was, oh so God. fair enough. But um, uh, let me just check chat real quick before we move on. Uh, oh, game was done in the Spider-Verse. It could be a way to introduce Miles. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, PZ, the one says yeah. Wanda and Vision definitely has House of M vibes. Yo, so I wish I knew exactly what House of M was. It sounds like um, some trippy stuff because I've been watching the, uh, the trailers for this Wanda and Vision mm-hmm. and... It feels like Legion to me, where it's just going to be a mind trip. Yeah, for... yeah, it seems very trippy show. Uh, can't wait till yeah. that comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, we're going to move on to uh, more comic stuff. Yeah. Invincible, Robert Kirkman's Good other <laughs> Robert Kirkman's other uh, magnum opus, other than The Walking Dead. Invincible yeah. is getting an animated series starring J.K. Simmons uh, and Stephen Yuen. Of all people, who I, what, I I love that guy. I'm so glad that he's doing <laughs> the voice for the younger <laughs> uh, hero in this. But uh, Blue, you actually yeah. read these books, right? Yo, let me tell you something, okay? I don't read a whole bunch of comics. Um, I, I I I read some things here and there, let alone finish comics. Invincible, I've read from beginning to end, and I'm doing it again right now. Invincible is so dope. The thing about this um series that really gets me is that while there are um extra extraordinary things that happen you know you have people who can fly people who can um do all kinds of crazy superpowers their reactions to all this seem so human 
everyone's reaction to things that happen around them feels so human and so practical that you, you're kind of afraid for the main character because, for example, right, any any superhero will beat up a thug that's uh, robbing a bank, leave him half dead, right, <laughs> and the cops pick him up, uh, right? <laughs> they're like, great job. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, good job. So this guy flies off, lives his life, but the villain is still there. He still remembers that butt whooping, and he's going to recover. And he might not take it so nice the next time. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's going to plan for that. And that's something that you see. Like, little guys come back. People grow over time. There's so much growth in every character that's introduced. And there's a lot of really funny parodies to existing comics um, in DC and Marvel. So I think, yeah, one... Um, <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> one, I think he put his foot in this. I think he put his foot in this story and the trailer is going to really, it really showed off the brutality that was in the comic itself. Right. Yeah. Uh, the very fighting, graphic. This is an adult aimed show. Yes. <clears throat> the brutality is one of the things when I was watching the trailer before I finished it, I'm like, they better show some blood in this trailer or it's not going to be invincible. <laughs> and lo and behold, by about two thirds in, they showed, I think they showed uh, Mark, the main character about to pop someone's head. I'm not sure, but yes, I was about that life. Uh, <laughs> Man, like these it... fights are just so grand in the comics and I can't wait to see him animate. Go ahead. No. Cause yeah, I've seen, I've seen some uh, screen cat, some screen takes of like the actual book. Cause I, I've heard of invincible like for years now. Yeah. Never read mm-hmm. it. Uh, but because I'm not a comic guy, you know, like that's one exactly. of my one of my weak points in terms of like nerd culture. Like I really don't read comics or manga that much. But now that this is becoming an animated thing of all things. Like I think this is probably the best the best route for it to take because one, oh, it looks it looks just like the DC animated stuff. I and was I'm like, gonna say they that. must be behind it. I haven't I haven't gone and checked, but like this must be the same people. That they got to do this because it looks just like the Superman, Batman, whatever. Yep. Yep. And like they make but fantastic the... animated series. Is this? Is. <laughs> so, series. Is, yeah. is. So, <laughs> like, I'm I'm super excited now. Like, I can't I can't believe that they would bring something that's so you know well lauded and kind of give it the perfect the perfect medium to tell the story. Yeah. So like I'm super Especially, hyped, and it's it's coming to Amazon's yeah. uh stuff like so right along with the boys, which Prime. was another really good adaptation from from out of them. This seems like it's going to be right along that that vein. Amazon's doing a really good job of supernatural people in um common environments, familiar environments. You know what I mean? You got Watchmen, you got the boys, and now you got uh, Invincible. And there's well, a couple I mean, others. Watchmen is an Amazon though. Oh, it's HBO. Excuse me. You're right. You're right. That's on me. That's on me. Um, but the boys. Okay. Mm-hmm. You get the boys and um, Invincible right now. And I think the – was it – there's another one. I think Aubrey Plaza was in it and it was kind of cel-shaded. And, oh, I know uh, what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, that one. I can't remember I've, the name of that either. That was from the Jack Horseman it. creator. Yeah, yeah. I started watching that, and it's a kind of a similar vibe where – some crazy things are happening in a natural world and the reactions seem realistic. Um, and that's, that's what I look for in a story. If I was in that position, how would I act? Oh my gosh, they're doing it. I can see what would happen to them if, you know, 
or what happened to me if I had thought that way, you know? That's 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 the immersion and that's what pulls you into these stories when you can see yourself in those positions. So as someone who's read all of it already, like how lengthy yeah. is the story? Like are we expecting like multiple seasons of this show or hundred percent multiple seasons? Yeah. Okay, so it does no, take a while to get through. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um it's such a wild ride just the first within the first eight chapters now you, you gotta if you're gonna start reading this it's gonna start off like your typical superhero it's gonna feel disney-esque to be honest you're gonna be like okay well he's a teenager he's in high school okay it feels like saved by the bell it feels like power rangers kind of deal okay then it lets you know this is real because after all that disney stuff happens there are repercussions <laughs> and um there's DJ said seven seasons. Yeah, I could see. Oh, seven is that seasons. confirmed or is that your hypothesis? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I have no idea. But uh, yeah, I think this is gonna be. I think it's gonna shake some people, and I think um, it's gonna have a similar impact as the boys is having. That's right. All right. Nice. So yeah, we're gonna move to our final topic. Uh, recently, Sony mm-hmm. released. Uh, what's called a teardown video. They literally took the massive, massive PS5 and not ripped it apart, but took it apart. Dismantled. Yeah, they unscrewed everything they need to do. Uh, So there was a lot of interesting things that came out of this. Uh, The first thing I want to take note of is the fact that the PS5 has a very intricate base. (laughs) Like, it needs the base to stand either right side up or sideways yeah you have to unscrew it from the base on the bottom uh you slide it onto like a little dot you put like the the screw for the base inside of it and you turn a little knob (laughs) and then like you have to sit it down on the side because the the freaking console isn't straight like it won't lay down flat if you were to just lay it down there without the base so the base has to suspend it off the the surface little monolith and i'm like (laughs) that is super complicated for i mean it's not like so complicated you couldn't do it but it's like way more complicated for turning your console one direction or the other than you would ever need. And to be fair, most people, they're going to put their console in one orientation and that's just how it's going to be, you know, for the end I of eternity. I was just about to say right? that. I was just about to say that because I never turned my Xbox <laughs> upright because I never needed to. Right. And I always found a place to keep it flat, even though I've moved it all throughout the house. Right. But still, like, I still think that that's kind of ridiculous that they would design it that way. I see. I feel like one thing I really liked about this dismantling and actually why the PS5 is so big is there's, you know, it's easy to work on. It's easy to get to certain parts. The the components are relatively easy to take apart. And I've seen people talking about how they want to customize all this stuff. And I actually appreciated that more than I thought I would when I heard that was the reason behind it. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too mad at this whole um ikea list of (laughs) things that you have to do to make it go one way or the other Mm -hmm. um you know i wish my switch was easy to take apart so i can maybe do some maintenance on it or you know i can have a one replacement part set and i could just swap it out pretty easy um i think that would be dope but ps5 has actually given us that option it's kind of the um argument i've had with the controllers between the xbox one and the ps5 you know a lot of folks say oh Xbox controllers, uh, sorry, PS4. Xbox controllers, you have to get new batteries all the time. Well, you have the option of getting a rechargeable battery or mm-hmm. doing, you know, your regular batteries. You don't have that option with PS4 controllers. You just got one thing, 
and you got to swap that boy out once it's done. That's how I feel about these consoles now. There might be parts that are easily swappable with the PS5 that are not going to be nearly as easy possible, nearly easily as easy to, to swap. swap. Okay. Yeah, on the Xbox One. So that's what I'm appreciating about this design and about the yeah the, the design of the PS5. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I do appreciate a modular system, something you can like take apart and you know swap things in and yeah. out. But I do think. In this case, like the like that's kind of what PCs are for. Like when you're a gamer, like the PC is what lets you, you know, do upgrades in this way and that way. The PS5 isn't necessarily going that route. Like it's still a console where you don't upgrade the console itself, but they make it so that you can rip off the sides and maybe put on, you know, new faceplates, because which was a three sixty thing. Everybody remember the three sixty faceplates? Yeah. So like maybe that's oh an option gosh. that they're going for, like customization. Mm-hmm. But then to <laughs> You literally have to rip that open to put in, you know, any additional storage space. So, like, unlike Microsoft, where you literally, and they're super expensive, $220. Well, that's the market price. It's not like Microsoft is charging more. That's the market price for an external SSD. It's a little thing you just plug into the back of the Xbox. Done. That simple. I hear you. Yeah, on Sony's mm-hmm. end, you got to rip the side off. You got to unscrew a thing. You got to put a thing in there, screw the thing back on, and put the sides back on. Like, it's it's a more involved process. And I feel like the console player, in most cases, doesn't want to do that. They don't want to void the warranty by opening up their PlayStation. I hear that. That so makes sense. It's, it's, just way, it's just more complicated than it needs to be. And I, I just wonder, yes. like, why, why would Sony, of all people, who have the bigger the more casual you know look eyes on them like if you're thinking of video games the first thing a a regular person who's not super invested in gaming is probably going to think of is either nintendo or playstation not going to really think of xbox they're going to think of oh i used to play nintendo or oh yeah all my friends play playstation so like why would they be the ones to have this console that lets you kind of tinker with it a bit it just seems odd to me they, they're telling these casual gamers to level up. <laughs> they're trying to teach them something. <laughs> yeah, man. They say, bite the bullet. Look, everyone's going to have to learn this at one point or another. <laughs> no, um, realistically, I, I see what you're saying. It There's more opportunities for it to go wrong than to go right. I mm-hmm. think that's, that's, you know, kind of the gist of your argument. And I, I, I understand that. Um, overall there i can see more people messing it up than actually doing upgrades or maintenance um to the ps5 and i hope that's not going to be the biggest problem and maybe they'll have a solution for that maybe there's you know pop-up ps5 repair shop that's <laughs> the whole second hand <laughs> industry yeah but you know what i mean with the way that it's built there could be a lot of local repair shops that maybe get sony certified and could just do maintenance on spot i don't know it's just something it's, I'm thinking seems, about. It's just yeah, it seems it's a lot. It's like a lot. yeah, it's an extra step for a thing that's that's supposed to be easier. You buy a console to have just a compact, easy experience. Uh, Jeff is saying uh, there's an Xbox video on how to lay it sideways, and is literally just turning it on its side. <laughs> so like that's yeah. them clearly trying to throw shade at Sony for what Sony did to them previously, where they was like, oh, this yeah. is how you share games with blah 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 blah, and Sony had the video where you just hand somebody the game disc. <laughs> <laughs> so like clearly they want they want to recapture that kind of aesthetic because yeah sony is kind of doing what microsoft did they're overcomplicating things they're trying to sell you on just the fact that we were super popular now you'll kind of just deal with everything we want to do going forward and i 
I really got to wonder how like the diehard or the less diehard Sony fans are taking a lot of this stuff because it to me at least like is it's kind of I'm just wondering why like why are you doing it like this when you could be doing it like that. Mm, I feel you. Like that box is huge. It's so big. <laughs> I honestly, I personally think it looks cool. Um, oh, I think it's ugly, but it's, it's hell. Huge. But <laughs> I really do think it's a bad looking. Thing. It's from the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like some, yeah, somebody definitely was like reading some sci-fi novels and was like, "Oh, let me." <laughs> oh, that's the one. Yes, that's the one right there. <laughs> but yeah, so oh man, so the video, uh, they eventually do take it completely apart, so you can kind of just see all the stuff that's yep. it's made out of, and you know, it gets a little too technical for my liking because essentially you're just completely deconstructing the console. But we already <laughs> know that um, it is the weaker of the the two like in terms of microsoft and xbox um it does supposedly have some kind of special version of its solid state drive that is maybe faster than what microsoft is using so i mean we're, we're we've yet to really see what these consoles can do yet like the media who has gotten boxes still only have uh well they've only gotten boxes for xbox rather and they still only have like a prototype version not like the final hardware so right right on the Sony side, they're still kind of keeping it close to the chest. Like, the media doesn't have one of their own to look at. Instead, they did this video where they showed you the inside and was like, so you can talk about this as opposed to, you know, doing your own hands-on testing. So It's it's a little scary. It's a little reminiscent of that TED Talk <laughs> that they had when <laughs> yes. we first started releasing information. Um, and not that it doesn't show us anything. This video was a little bit more informative to the casual gamer or the normal person mm-hmm. <laughs> but um yeah at the end of it just kind of like you're saying they kind of went into the weeds so like, this is liquid metal on this uh <laughs> blah 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 and i was like yo ain't nobody care bro we just trying to see how this comes apart how's it gonna fit in my house and what games can i play on it <laughs> like i don't <laughs> always... they they still haven't shown like the ui yet have they yeah Ooh, no not that i know of I have not seen a UI from the PS5 or have they shown a UI for the um yeah Series X? Yeah, they have. Okay. Cuz uh cuz yeah like cuz like I said earlier like press and stuff like they've gotten boxes so they know kind of what right, like the right. interface is and like how it loads up games. It's loading up older games. They have no like next gen games on it yet. <clears throat> but mm-hmm. apparently, you know, it has it improves load times on pretty much anything it plays right now. And that was another big That's thing tough. uh is that Sony released a list of 10 games that won't work on a PS4. They're games that probably nobody cares about. So it looks good right now in terms of their backwards compatibility for PS4, at least. So you'll probably be able to play most of your PS4 games on the PS5. Just maybe some are missing certain functionality. Like I think the share button doesn't work and some other things may not work for certain games or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But in general, we don't know what the PS5 does for the PS4 games. Like, Will there be any enhancements? Will they run faster off of that SSD? We don't know because Sony hasn't told us. They haven't shown us. No one's been able to test it. And we're less than a month out or or, I think literally a month out, right? Before this console is out and about. So what, like what, what is it that they're holding on to? Like, are they nervous about anything? I don't know. It just, it just, it screams of just non-confidence. Trust us. Just trust us. Yeah, like, Just I don't buy know. It, and trust it, doesn't, it doesn't make me feel good about what they're eventually going to have come out. 
because their store, their interface and stuff, for me at least, has been one of their weakest aspects. Like the interface, their uh, online connectivity, like how their menus and stuff work. Like it's it's not very user friendly to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a, a rewrite of that would get me excited if I'm like, oh, this is the new PlayStation store, f- you know, front, you know, new face of the UI, all the stuff, and it looks a lot better, cleaner, easier to get to your stuff. I would be excited for that because it's new. It's new and exciting and yeah. it's shiny. But they they won't show it. <laughs> <laughs> they're just waiting for you to say that, and then tomorrow they're gonna drop. Probably, it. yeah. We'll probably get all the information <laughs> we're looking for sometime later this week. But with that, I think we've actually hit our time for this week. Yeah. So thanks everybody for coming through uh, and chatting with us. Thank you, Blue, for coming on our first episode of the Sigma Show. No um, tune in next week because we will be back. Uh, follow Blue at Blue Bones. B L U B zero N E S is how you like right. to say it. Uh, you can follow me like at Sigma Gears Nine. Our names are on top of our things here. Um, and if you guys have you know questions or news topics or whatnot, join our Discord. Yeah. Um, the link for it should be somewhere. I'll probably post it uh, in the <laughs> chat before we're done. Well, before I turn the stream off or whatnot. So yeah. That's it. See you guys later. That's it. <laughs> we out. We're going we to work on them side-offs. <laughs> <laughs>